Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. And uh, I want to read some scriptures to you, and uh, you can follow along on the screen, or you can listen to what these are. We had an amazing night at Soul Night on Wednesday night. Thank you for everyone coming, strengthening our needed and known. We want everybody to know in this church you are needed. Everybody say needed. needed. And we want everybody to be known. And we now have great leaders overseeing many of those areas. People like Ian and Sue McIntyre and Johan and Lucy and Gavin and Anna Maria overseeing our connect areas and pastoral care and uh, our leadership development. So we're really excited about all that God is going to do through all of that. But Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, familiar verse to many of us, Jesus speaking to him. And he says, I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not overcome it. And then I want to read another passage in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 verses 15. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body. Everybody say the body. The church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. I love that passage of scripture. And then just finally, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. I know we're reading a bit of Bible today, but like I often say, we can do your Bible reading for the week in one service. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife. Ooh. That's not me saying that. That's the Bible saying that. For the husband is the head of the wife. We're not getting into that. That was an argument. Hey, guys, security down here. Tash and Ty are beginning to throw a little bit of... A little bit of disagreement down here, but just as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, though, love your wives. Love your wives. Valentine's Day. How many of you are loving your wives this Valentine's Day? One husband in here. Fantastic. (laughs) It's great to be building a loving church. (laughs) Love your wives. Just I heard YA had a lovely night on Valentine's night here on Thursday night. There were some musical chairs going on in here, I heard, for all the young adults. Although some decided to stay seated so that people came and sat on their laps. But that was Valentine's night. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. I want to talk to you today, and the message title is one of the longest titles I've ever had, but the message title is, um, so what is this church thing all about anyway? (laughs) That's the title. So what's the church all about anyway? I've been in church 37 years. 
I think I was probably born in church. I may have, I may even have, you know, been there when I was born. You know, I don't know. Um, but I've spent a lot of time in church. I've seen a lot of things in church, like many of you have. But I'm aware so many people are coming with questions. And they're not necessarily questions from people who are new to church. Many of them are questions from people who have been in church a very long time. Because our thoughts and our understanding of things evolves and changes as we get older in life, doesn't it? Sometimes your, your values and your opinions and your, how you perceive life, it doesn't just stay in one area. It transitions, it moves. And as you experience things and people and situations and you see a lot of things in life, so does your life view. And so our life view is always changing. And especially when it comes to the church, it can change. Because here Jesus is speaking. And well, in fact, Jesus spoke about the church he was going to build. And then we read a couple of verses in the New Testament. Paul, the apostle, saying that the church is a body. Now, we all have bodies in here. Some of you love your body. Some of you sort of don't love your body as much as maybe you should love your body. But we all have bodies, And that is why it is important to take care of your body. How many of you know that? It's important to look after your physical body. Why? Because your body is the vehicle for your life here on earth. Your your body is your Audi A3. That goes through leads. And some of you are a Toyota Igo. And some of you are a Lamborghini Diablo um, in your body. Some of you spend hours working on your body on a daily basis. Some of you wake up at 5 a.m. and drive to a gym to work your body. Some of you haven't been in the gym for 55 years. There's no judgment because his mercy triumphs over it. But we all have bodies and it is the vehicle for your life here on earth. And chatting to people this week about when the end times come and Jesus returns and the Bible says there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. You know, a new body in heaven is available, I'm sure. Theologically, we could debate that. And some of you are like, well, I'm quite happy with the one I've got. Thank you very much. And some of you are like, I'm ready to transition now. (laughs) But we all have bodies. And the body that you have now, this is your body. But when the body is broken, the vehicle struggles. But when the body is working, there is like a mm, to your life. When the body is working, you can feel healthier. You have more vitality. You have more energy. Uh, you, you don't necessarily feel as sluggish. You don't necessarily find it so hard to get through your day or to walk up and down stairs. There's a spring in your step. Why? Because you have taken care of your body. And your body, like we are saying, is the vehicle of your life here on earth. And the Bible is very clear that the church is the body of Christ. Okay? I don't think we can argue that. We read that, that the church, what we are, is the body of Christ. And so therefore, the body, Jesus is Christ's body here on earth. It is me and you. It is the church. So when the church is broken, the vehicle struggles on earth. But when the church is fit, and when the church is strong, and when the church is healthy, it it purrs. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. 
So therefore, this morning, as we discuss this, what is the church all about anyway, we have to understand something that me and you, we are the body of Christ. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 27, look what it says here, 1 Corinthians 12. It says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, (laughs) I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all born part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have an equal concern for each other. For if one part suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. That is why when we pray for people and we celebrate praise reports, because one is honoured, we all rejoice with it. And when one suffers, we all suffer with that prayer request together. Why? Because you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. If you ever visited a website or visited a shop, you've filled out one set of details, you've bought the smallest item from that shop or from that website, and then they decide every single day to email you every other day of your life. Okay? You bought like a packet of screws from Screwfix, okay? And a click and collect, and you had to put in your details. You go and collect that packet of screws, screws, and that was all you wanted. You only wanted the packet of screws. And like now you're getting emails. Welcome to the Screwfix family. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not signed up to the Screwfix family. I've bought a packet of screws. And then you get another email. Happy birthday from Screwfix. I'm like, thank you, Screwfix. But I don't need you to say happy birthday to me. I just need you to supply me with screws. Although it is good when you're a bit low on the card front. <laughs> you're always guaranteed a happy birthday from Screwfix. Keep getting these emails and, you know, screw, next email, Screwfix invites you to Growth Track. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, all I went in was for a packet of screws, okay? I don't have a desire to build this, like, thing with you, this relationship with you. You are a shop. I am a customer, and that's where it ends, okay? I like, and they, people often use this word family a lot these days. And if you're hearing that, you know, you're part of the Screwfix family. You're part of the football family. You're part of the Starbucks family. You're part of the KFC family. And I understand what they're trying to do, but you can't begin to underestimate the power of that word. Which is why we want to be careful when we say, hey, welcome to the church family. Because if we're saying you're part of the church family, how many of you know there's great responsibilities within a family? So you can't just abandon it because it's a cool thing to say. Welcome to the Screwfix family. Oh, if you're Screwfix family, are you going to come and visit me in hospital? Screwfix? (laughs) Are you going to invite me around for Christmas dinner, Screwfix? 
Okay, are we going to have a deep chat about some hurts that we have, screw fix? Because we're part of the family now. We have to be careful how we use that language. But just because I've come to church doesn't mean I'm part of the body. Just because I've been here doesn't necessarily mean like I'm part of it. Let me explain what I mean by this. You know, because you'd be correct in saying just because I attend a service doesn't make you part of the body. In the same way, just because you attend Screwfix doesn't make me part of the Screwfix family. Because sometimes I can go and receive something that I need and take it home, but I've not necessarily got a connection with the body. I've not necessarily attached my life to the Screwfix family. I've, I've got what I want and, and I've left. You see, the church is not a place you go to. The church is a body that you belong to. I repeat that for you. The church is not a place that you go to. The church is a body that you belong to. And that is why we wanted to speak about this just this week. So what is the church all about anyway? Because I sometimes think our thinking gets a little bit muddled up because you are currently at a church service. And I hope you're enjoying this church service. Hope you are. Because the church service is awesome. We put time into this church service. We prepare this church service. We plan for this service. We, we pray into this service. A lot of investment goes into this service. Why? Because a service is awesome. And what the service is, a service is where every part of the body comes together and we celebrate together and we worship together and we pray together and we encourage each other and we support each other and we befriend each other and we love each other and we honour each other and we have banter with each other. Why? Because we come to the service and all of that is part of today. But the church doesn't finish when the service finishes. So at half 12, when this service finishes, it's not like church is done till next Sunday at 11 a.m. No, the church continues after this service because you take the church home with you. We are the body. I can't just sort of leave the body in here and sort of just go without the body. No, I take my body with me. And in the same way you take the body of Christ, you take the church with you. You take it home. Because you are not at church today, you are the church today. The Bible encourages us to meet together regularly. The Bible says, you know, don't, don't stop, don't neglect meeting together in the book of Hebrews. Why does it say that? Why? Because meeting together is important. I looked forward, when I woke up this morning, I was excited to come to meet with you guys today. I was excited to worship God. I was excited just to be together and to see your faces. And maybe you didn't have the same level of excitement about me. It's okay. <laughs> But I love meeting together. And, and, you know, we sometimes say, well, we have a lot of stuff on. We meet together a lot. The Bible says in the book of Acts that they met together every day. They met all the time. And so I think we probably meet less than we ever have done. And I'm not saying we should be meeting more. I'm saying when we meet, it should have purpose to it. And when we meet, it should have God all over it like it did in the book of Acts. But even though it encourages us to meet together regularly because it is good for your life and it is good for your faith, but the church is more than a service you attend. The church is a body that moves. It's more than just this 90-minute service. It's a body that moves. And when our church moves, our church moves through our local schools. 
And our church moves through our universities. And our church moves through our businesses. And our church moves through our communities. And our church moves through Screwfix. Our church moves. It is the church on the move. And so this physical building today, 98 Kirkstall Road, and I still love this place. Although it nearly killed me, I love this place. This church is our gathering place. It might be our meeting place. It might be our office base. But the purpose of this is to enable, to celebrate, to encourage, to strengthen, to pour wisdom, to befriend each other so that the body of Christ can be moving around out there. And this is why a service is important because it realigns our focus, shifts our perspective, it feeds our soul and it strengthens our spirit. But I can't just rely on one 90-minute service a week to sustain my faith. I want to rely on a strong body. I, I don't just want to have an injection every Sunday at 11 a.m. and hopefully that's going to sustain me for the week. No, I want consistent relationship with the body. I want to be part of a body that moves 24-7. So what is that body all about? Because pre-Jesus, the church didn't really exist how it exists now. You don't find much mention of the church before Jesus. You find mentions of the temple because the temple existed and the temple was a place that you would go to. Similar to how you've got your, out of your car today and you've, you've got out of your house, you've got in your car and you've driven to this church, which might be you know, also known as a temple. You have been here. And so before Jesus, people would go and visit the temple. And here is a picture of the temple, actually, before Jesus. This was the temple that was in Jerusalem. I know it's pretty small, so I'm going to have to sort of explain it. But this was the layout of it, and it was very specific, okay? It wasn't like ours with a foyer where, we, you know, one day we can be welcoming people, doing growth track the next day, and the next day playing darts, okay? No, the foyers and the spaces were holy spaces, designated spaces. And so you had the outer court, and uh, in that was different chambers that were in there. And there was a women's hall. Women were allowed in there, but the women, unfortunately, weren't allowed to go further. You then had the, the inner courts, and, and then you had all of these other places, the brazen altar. And then you had another place within that, the holy place. And within the holy place, you then had the holy of holies, which was in the holy place. And so you had these different layers and different levels to the temple, which gave access to certain people based on on, based on who you were, based on whether you were a high priest or based if you were just a normal person. And, and so not everybody was allowed just to go into the Holy of Holies. That was separate for the high priest who would go in and, and, and would come out. And so before Jesus, you had this temple, this place that you would go and you would access the presence of God in the temple. But then Jesus comes and everything changes. And he removes the separation. That's why when the Bible says Jesus died, the, the temple curtain, what tore in two, which was the separation from one place to the next place in the temple where the presence of God was found. He tore the tur- curtain when, it, when he died so that it was a symbolic picture that you now have access into the presence of God. And it doesn't, have, doesn't matter who you are, you can all have permanent access to the presence of God. And what Jesus changed was this, rather than we having to go to him he came to us and so before Jesus we would have to go to him 
to the temple, to the presence of God. But because of what Jesus did on a cross, his death and resurrection for you, it is no longer about us going to him. It now became about Jesus coming to us. I'm thankful for that. Because there are times, there are times when I don't feel like going to him. There are times when I'm shameful of going to him. There are times when I'm embarrassed to go to him. There are times when I don't have anything to say to him. And you almost have this hesitation. But I'm thankful that even if you don't go to him, Jesus will come to you. Jesus will come to you. And Jesus lives. And Jesus dies. And Jesus resurrects. And Jesus ascends into heaven. And he leaves the early formation of the church. It's almost like he just throws a ball up in the air and goes, see you later. (laughs) He leaves this early formation of the church. And the church in the Greek, 140 times, 114 times it's mentioned in the New Testament, is this Greek word which is ecclesia. And ecclesia simply means the whole body of the called out faithful people. That's what it means. Those who have been called out, those who have been faithful, the whole body. And no longer would the presence of God be limited to a building, but the presence of God would now dwell in the hearts of men and women who would form the body of Christ. And as I've been thinking more and more about the church, because I've done services after services, and some of you have done more services than me. If you think how many services you've been to, maybe, I don't know, you're 66 in here and you've been going to church for 66 years, once a week, maybe twice a week, three times a week for 60. you're, You're getting into the thousands of times where you might have attended a service and you can start to think as you get a little bit older, sort of what, what is it? And here is a little explanation of what I think Jesus has been helping me understand about the church, that the church is the continuation of Jesus here on earth. That's what the church is. The body is the continuation of Jesus here on earth. Because what sometimes people do, sometimes people separate Jesus and the church. So sometimes people will say, well, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. I I love having a relationship with Jesus, but I don't want to have a relationship with the church. But you can't do that. Why? Because Jesus is the church. It is his body, the body of Christ, is the church here on earth. We sometimes have a separation, and so we put Jesus over there, and then we put the church over there. But the New Testament teaches us that there is no separation between Jesus and the church. It is his body. And I get why some people struggle with the church more than they struggle with Jesus. Why? Because in the church, it is full of human elements. It is full of human failures. It is full of pride. It is full of ambition. It can be full of bitterness. It can be rude. It can be selfish. It can be ignorant. It can be arrogant. It can be in times abusive that we've seen throughout the years. So I can understand why people would have dislike, disconnection, and disattachment to the church. I'm a pastor's kid. I've been there. I've seen the letters accidentally. I've picked up the phone when I shouldn't have picked up the phone and people have been shouting down at the phone thinking it was my dad when actually it was me. I've, I've seen the hatred sometimes. I've seen the obstacle. I've seen stuff that I sometimes wish I hadn't seen. And maybe you are the same. You've experienced stuff within the church. And if we're honest, 
Many of us could have been offended at times as to what somebody has said or not said. Many of us can be hurt. Many of us can have experienced some weird stuff also in church. Church is great, but sometimes you experience some like weird things. <laughs> You're like, that's weird. That wouldn't happen anywhere else. But it's okay for it to happen in the church. But it's like weird things. I'm sure you've all been there. I'm sure many of us have experienced it. Which is why I suppose I'm more than committed than ever before that if the, if the church is the continuation of Jesus here on earth, then maybe, maybe in our lifetime, in the body that we are establishing, then maybe we could just do our best to replicate the life of Jesus here on earth. Not to overcomplicate this thing. Not to try and make this church thing more complicated than Jesus ever intended it to be. That maybe Jesus is, the church is the continuation of his life, his body here on earth. Could we replicate that? Because Jesus modeled the church to us. And sometimes, you know, when you're a pastor like I am, there's so many books on how to build church. So many conferences on church building days. And they're all good things. Uh, You know, we've done them ourselves. So I'm not complaining against any of them. But so many new strategies out there. And so many do this, then you do that. And if you can do this and you can do that, if you can shake it up and down, your church is going to grow. So many models and ideas and beliefs and thought processes and structures when it comes to this thing called church. But maybe we don't need to make up some magic formula. Maybe we don't need to make up this new way, this new thing. Because sometimes when I read the book of Acts, you know, the book of Acts, the early church is a great model to build a church upon. Shows how passionate they were and sacrificial they were and they met together and God grew what they were building. It's a great model. But that model was only based on the life of Jesus. I sometimes think this, before Jesus died, why didn't Jesus run a church building seminar? Where he said, right, guys, just so you know, I'm going to die and then I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to raise, raise, raise again, just so you know, Peter, chill out. And then I'm going to go to heaven. And then I'm going to, and then I've told you I'm going to build a church and it's going to be based, Peter, on, you know, you're going to be one of the key founders of it, pillars of it. So this is what you need to do, okay? You need to establish a host team and a connect team and a great worship team. When it comes to kids, this is what I would suggest. When it comes to youth ministry, this is what it looks like. When it comes to sound, these are the sound levels I suggest you have it at. You need car park, you need coffee. And in 2019, you're going to need so much more. <laughs> but there was no sort of evidence of him ever running like church building workshops. No evidence of him ever really saying, this is how you run the organization that is called church. You know, like he never wrote a book, How to Build Church for Idiots. <laughs> that would have been great for me. There's no reference to that at all. All we find is Jesus walking around, healing the sick, speaking life and wisdom to those who need it, being kind to those who have been abandoned, abused, loving the unlovely and being passionate about relationship. All we find is Jesus telling stories of the great Samaritan and talking to a man called Zacchaeus and saying, come down and page after page after page in the gospels. It's just the good news of Jesus. It's just day after day of good stuff, life-giving stuff. 
healing stuff, wise stuff, pure stuff. And what I love in Luke 10 verse 37, Jesus turns to his disciples and this was his church building seminar. Guess what he says? Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. In four words, I think Jesus gives us his seminar. Go and do likewise. Question, was Jesus judgmental? No. Then why would the church be judgmental? Question, was Jesus mean? Then why would the church be mean? Was Jesus a gossip? Then why would the church be gossip? Maybe who Jesus was, the church is generous. Jesus was about transformation. The church is transformational. Jesus was miraculous. The church is miraculous. Jesus was full of grace and truth. The church is full of grace and truth. Jesus was wise. The church is wise. Jesus was pure. The church is, should be pure. Jesus was passion. The church is passion. Jesus was love. The church is love. Jesus served. The church serves. Jesus was compassionate. The church is compassionate. Jesus forgave. The church forgives. Jesus committed. The church commits. Jesus was humble. The church is humble. Jesus was prayerful. The church is prayerful. That is who we are. The body of Jesus Christ here on earth. Maybe that's why Paul writes in Ephesians as the band come and close with me. Maybe that's why he writes, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to which he is the head over everything for the church, the fullness of him, the body, the church, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way that fills everything in every way. That Jesus would be the head of this body. And our job is to replicate the life of Jesus here on our, here in our watch, in our nation, in our city, in our locality. It is me. It is you. It, it is us. We are the body. It's me. It's you. It's us. We are the body. And the reason I've taught this today as we close is because I want to reaffirm to us that as we grow, and we have to quite reaffirm these values as we are growing, as we're new, as we're young, as we're just getting strong as a church, I have to keep reaffirming to us that the church is not a place that we go to. It is a family. It is a body that we belong to. I'm not just attending something today, but I'm part of the body. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, I'm not ready yet. Like I was in Screwfix, not ready to become part of the Screwfix family. Maybe you're not ready yet to be part of the body. You need to know that is fine. And you need to know you can come here as often, as frequently or as infrequently as you want to come. And you can sit wherever you want to sit. And you can receive whatever you want to receive. And you can go home and you know what? We will love you the same We will encourage you the same. We won't exclude you. We won't stop you from accessing certain things because you're not a certain level of membership. We don't have membership in this church. We just have a body. We don't have courses you have to go through to tick boxes. Sure, we have growth track, but that's the benefit of you rather than us. 
helping you find your fit in the body of this local house here at Life Church Leeds. But maybe you're like, I'm not ready for that. And I don't even know who Jesus is. But our prayer is that as you come to this church, as you gather in this service or see something midweek, maybe at youth or young adults, or maybe with an older crew or a life group or a life stage group, maybe at Streetwise on a Thursday night as we're feeding the homeless, maybe you wouldn't just see an organization. Maybe you wouldn't just see a social media page. Maybe you wouldn't just see an email or an advert somewhere, but maybe you would see the life of Jesus in every conversation, in every act, in every act of generosity in life, giving moments that you would just see Jesus. And you might be like, I'm not ready to be part of the body yet, but I sure want to go and see Jesus again. Where do I find Jesus in Leeds? Where you find Jesus is where the body is. You can find the body here every Sunday, but you can find the body in so many other places through connect groups, life groups, life stage groups, heaps of things that we do, interest groups, building friendships. And then as you begin to part of the body, guess what? You begin to take the body with you. Let's not overcomplicate this thing. Let's keep it simple. Let's make it about replicating the life of Jesus here on church, here on earth. That is what I think the church is all about anyway. In Jesus' name, amen.